Greetings. Welcome to the Legacy Drawing Board. This is the podcast that examines how we're thinking about our legacies and the incorporation of design into that thought process. I'm Ron Fong, your fellow student of life, who's trying to ensure that my legacy conveys what I want to share with others. In the previous episodes, I talked about incorporation of design into legacy building, and I was going through Dieter Ram's 10 Principles of Good Design. I want to take a break from that for right now for this episode and focus a little bit more about legacy and what it means. In the previous episodes, I talked about how legacy serves as an ambassador, as uh, a messenger for your life. And it got me thinking about one of my favorite quotes, and this is from writer John Barth, who said, the story of your life is not your life, it's your story. And the first time I read that, the power just resonated with me. And that's just been a recurring theme as I think about how I build my legacy and how I interact with others. The story of your life is not your life, it's your story. Let's think about that. What, what are the necessary elements to a story? Well, it's three basic components, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And our legacy serves as our life story because it tells about us. It tells who we are, uh, what we did, how we thought, how we interacted with others. And I th- it's, a, it's important for us to be cognizant that we're building our legacies on a daily basis with every word, uh, deed, and thought. So what stories, I mean, what are we conveying and what stories is our our legacies telling? And you see examples of storytellers every day. Uh, Let's look, take an example of the comedians. We love love comedy, we love to laugh, and we often will describe comedians as being extremely funny, uh, sharp-witted. But they are so much more than that. They are great storytellers. And what does a storyteller do? A storyteller is able to, first of all, share their world and then invite you into that world. You step into a world because you feel comfortable. It feels uh, that it's something going to be positive. You want to invest your time and energy in terms of connecting that with that individual and taking steps towards that individual's world. And once you're in that world, the storyteller is able to convey something very specific. They want you to come away with a certain feeling. They want you to come away with perhaps even knowledge. And for a comedian, that's the coming away where they would like for you to laugh. So again, you have examples of storytelling. Now I go back to the, my, my days when I was a, a family medicine attending, a faculty member, in terms of how do the utility and the application of storytelling in everyday life, uh, even in work. When I was working with medical students and residents uh, on the inpatient service, that's when uh, people are in the hospital, that their condition was so severe that they couldn't be treated and sent home, they have to be stay overnight and they have to require maybe uh, intravenous medications or maybe surgery even. 
in that case, the resident or the medical student who first saw the patient had a responsibility to come back to the team and what we call rounds and present to the rest of the team. That way we can formulate a plan for the patient's care. And the presentation is what it's 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 how it's framed. It begins with this is an example of a presentation. Uh, the patient is a 44-year-old female who came in last night with a chief complaint of right upper quadrant pain for about three days with associated nausea and vomiting. And I just want to stop right there. Think about that. The patient came in with chief complaint. And you're going to see that on every note, documentation that you have in the hospital or the medical record, a chief complaint. And already you're telling a certain story that the patient's pain is a complaint. It's not a complaint. It's a concern. What I try to do at that point is have them say, well, perhaps we should call it a chief concern because then that tells a slightly different story or it gets our audience in terms of thinking differently. And there are the progress notes. There are four elements to the progress notes. It's called a SOAP note, which is an acronym. So the S stands for the subjective, which is what the patient will tell you. The O is the objective, is what you will discover on your physical exam. And the A is for assessment, where you try to bring together your history and your physical exam and your lab findings, your x-ray imaging, in terms of a diagnosis or a severity of the patient's condition. And then finally, the P in the SOAP is for uh, plan. And usually, if you do a good job of uh, taking good history, performing a, a thorough physical exam, and being able to analyze the labs and the uh, x-ray findings, your, your assessment should be solid. And then when it's solid, the plan will be correspond to it uh, pretty seamlessly. So the money is really in terms of the assessment. And in my experience, when medical students or residents begin uh, seeing patients, they are so, obviously they're nervous because it's a new new chapter in their lives. But they are so intent in terms of throwing data at you. It becomes a data dump, uh, especially when it comes to labs. They'll read off every single number from a complete blood count or from their electrolytes. They'll read verbatim from the radiology report of the uh, x-ray or the CT. But what happens is then they come to the assessment where now the thought process has come in. You have to tie in things. You're no longer a recorder. You're a clinician. And that's when they have challenges. And if you can't get the assessment right, you're definitely not going to get your plan right. The challenges I found is that they think of the patient presentation as a report. And we, we don't really do reports well, but what we do well and what we can practice every day is we can tell stories well. And, and stories will be so much more effective than a report. And I, I, I suggest to the, to the residents and the medical students, think of this as telling me a story. And this is a story because someone comes in who's in pain and the stories that we would like to have a happy ending. We would like for them to get better. 
That's a story. So the be beginning is that the patient has pain. The middle is our interaction with them. And hopefully we make good decisions. And the ending is hopefully a happy ending where they're pain-free and they can go home. And I get a few uh, strange looks at first when I said, uh, start presenting as a storytelling. But then I asked them, I said, describe to me your, your best birthday or your favorite vacation. And they'll do it seamlessly. They'll, they'll tell me a great story. The details will be there, but the details are important. And again, it's not the details, but it's the overall uh, tying things together, where things make sense, where one sentence leads to another, and every sentence builds upon the story, and there's a conclusion, there's a, there's a happy ending. And once they start doing that, they feel less pressure, and they start looking at the patient as more than just uh, vital signs or numbers. They start looking at patients that this person has a story themselves, and this patient would love to write a happy ending to their story, but they're not able to do so at this time. They're going to need our help. Therefore, our job is to help that store, that patient write a happy ending. And, and it's in the workplace, but nonetheless, we take the approach of storytelling. It says the beginning, the middle, and the end. Let's go ahead and work on our part, the middle, so we can get our desired ending. One of my former colleagues, Estee Garrity, who's a physician, and she's a geographic information system expert, a GIS. And I have very limited understanding of what GIS does, but essentially it links data to a location. And she does great presentations, and she does these maps of collecting uh, ge geographic, geospatial data to present really good pictures of hot areas of where people's health are being compromised that you may not get from reading from a table or a chart. But as much as she's involved and her, 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 her trade is, is data, she'll be the first to say, you got to have a story. If you don't have a story, you, no amount of data is going to help because the data is not the story. Your story is the story. And, you know, here's a person who, who, who does, you know, uses data all the time, yet at the same time she understands the importance of the story because if we don't have the story, we're not going to take our audience anywhere. And I think about our work, our, our current work situations. We do a lot of Zoom meetings and we have a lot of presentations. And I think most of us, we see presenters who will begin and start with a bunch of slides. And whether it's a pie chart, bar graph, uh, Excel spreadsheet, it's a bunch of data, a bunch of data points. And somehow we've gotten to a we gotten to a point where we think that data will speak for itself, that data is self-sufficient, that we throw up a, a chart or a table that, that you know, it should be self-explanatory, but it isn't. And that's where the shortcoming is, is that because people don't think about their presentations as stories. Again, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Are you bringing in your audience to your world? Are you sharing your uh, world with your audience? And where do you want to take your audience with your presentation? The presenter is a storyteller. And let's say that the, the, the purpose 
is to cut costs or increase revenue. Well, when the presenter puts out data, but the data is to support the story, then what that presenter is really doing for the effective presenters is they're saying to the audience, I have a story to tell, and this data will help me tell the story, but that's not going to be it. So what do we need to do next? I need your help to write the next chapter of the story. So this is the situation. This is how bad or how good it is. And this is what we need to do and how can now how can we work together now in terms of doing it? A beginning, a middle, and an end. And you could practice this, I think, on a daily basis as you're evaluating people's presentations. First of all, do they have a story? Second of all is, are they using their uh, slides, their, their data points effectively to support the story, are they re or are they relying so heavily upon them that they think that's the story in of itself? Now, going back to legacies, your legacy is a story, and I hope it's a wonderful story. I hope you're starting to see that you have your beginnings, your middles, and how do you well want your legacy to end? To end on a high note. And again, every word, every thought, every word, every deed, it's meant to connect with others, to draw them into your world, to invite them to your world, to show your world, to share your world. And then to inter have that through that interaction that you want to impart something, you want them to come away with a certain feeling. And I think that most of us want to do good, uh, be positive, and help people reach their potential as well. So I think there are many parallels to your story and your legacy. In fact, I think they are one and the same. To be a good legacy builder is to be a good storyteller. And you could do that every single day whether at work, at home. Every time we speak, we are, in a sense, telling stories. And we love stories. We love the oral tradition. We love gathering around, reminiscing. We love talking to friends we haven't talked to in a while or catching up with family during the holidays. It's part of us. It's, it's what makes us human is the, the need to hear stories and the need to tell stories. Again, I want to thank you for your time. And please share with me your thoughts, your critiques, uh, or, and your journeys as, as a legacy builder and now as a storyteller. Uh, you can uh, contact me at rfong at, sorry, at truenorthshepherding.com. And until next time, please take care and give your legacy the attention it deserves. We will all benefit from that effort. Mm -hmm.